0: Hey everyone welcome back to another episode of over the bridge podcast it's your boy bilal and we've got a full cast today it's actually really cool because i don't know does that happen when is the last time that happened i don't really know um, like but I'm the, the sun week. is shining no it nah, didn't not you,
1: were even oh, <laughs> you I, weren't even there <laughs> my, 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 the last time that i
2: was on
0: it was a full cast <laughs> Wow, I don't know what <laughs> what time you, um, but the sun is shining. It is quarter past eleven where I am right now at the time of recording. I've already done my morning walk and had breakfast. I feel like I'm getting more and more productive being a dad, but more and more tired. Anyway, um, just Kwaku, Patrick, Tom, how's everyone doing?
1: Yeah, man, we're good. We're good. It's um, it's Ramadan now, isn't it? So I've been fasting last few days, yeah, cool. which has been. Oh, yeah. Um, a bit of a challenge like usually it's cool in the mornings because i still got a bit of energy but like mid-afternoon i tend to dip off like differently and become a zombie um but yeah man it's nice it's it's, it's been good to just kind of it's a weird one I, I I try to use the month to kind of detach a little bit and stay mm-hmm. with socials as much as i can and mm-hmm. um that's been good so far for my head at least so um yeah man we're we're good enjoying the the sunday morning how about you? How are you doing, Patrick? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, man. Um,
2: it's uh, I, I just feel generally like just a lot better. I think just because of the weather, like it's 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 crazy how much just a little bit of sunshine can do. But like the last few weeks, it feels like we've sort of turned the corner in this year, and I, and, and like with things sort of opening back up again. Like I saw, um, I saw Amma and and Rich yesterday. Uh, we went for lunch. Um, and it was just, like, nice to just, like, just to see friends. Like, you You really, mm. like, rah, like, I, <laughs> I really value my friendships, you know? Like, it's, I haven't seen them in, like, a year. So, it's yeah, it was really good. So, yeah, man, my weekend has been thus far really nice, really good.
0: Love that, man. Yeah, I've been getting out to see people. And it's really weird, like, how quickly you fall back into the rhythm even though you haven't, I haven't seen a lot of my friends in a really long time, but someone mm-hmm. came up to visit me yesterday and I was like, wow. Like it's the first time I've talked to someone different for, in like face to face for a while. So it's a bit mad. Yeah. Um, I think
1: that's a good indicator of like your friendship so, just like how easy it is to just pick it back up. Like it, yeah, nothing kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And,
0: and Tom, how are you doing, man?
2: I'm all right, man. I'm all right. Um... Yeah, there's nothing really new to add, to be honest. I'm, I'm all right, it's cracking on my life. Um, yeah, that's. I don't really have anything else to say, to be honest. I'm sort of just enjoying being a bit of a social recluse, to be honest. I'm just... I think I've had one of those weeks I just didn't really want to talk to anybody. Do you know what I mean? Or just wanted... I mean, not not, not anyone. I mean, obviously, I spoke to you this week now, but I didn't really want to chat to anybody. I still kind of feel that way, to be honest, in that way. i just just been cracking on, wake up, do my thing. I'm enjoying just a life of invisibility you know what i mean i love it actually to be honest so but how are you
0: yeah I'm, I'm like i said i'm feeling all right the sun is shining so that's making me i think happier than i would be i think when i look whenever i look out this window and it's grey i'm in a bad mood so today mm. i think a little bit different yeah. for me but anyway um that's all of us We're lucky today, we're joined by a really, really special guest. And I say special because there's a show that's been at least been put on in my house, basically all day long, every day, (laughs) whenever I walk in the front room. And we actually have a finalist from that show who will introduce themselves in just a moment. So Alexina, thank you for joining us. How are you feeling this morning?
3: Thank you for having me. Um, Honestly, I'm feeling very exhausted at the moment because the last couple of weeks have been very intense. So it's been hard to switch off. So I'm sort of desperate for like a break or some time away, which I'm going to try and schedule for the next few weeks. But I'm happy to be on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Um, and yeah, in terms of introducing myself, that's a weird thing. Um, I guess, I guess <laughs> we'll start with the fact that I recently took part in uh, MasterChef and got to the final three. Um, so I guess that's me, but I've sort of had a bit of a random journey up until that point. Um, obviously I studied with you guys at Cambridge which was an amazing experience then I went into working in the city for a period of time um, then sort of started moving more towards business but have always obviously been obsessed with food and now just having just turned 30 feel like this is kind of my time to pursue that that passion and that purpose so it's quite exciting.
0: I really loved that and as someone who loves eating food and it's not that great at cooking food. Like, I love that people like you exist in the world. Because you know <laughs> what you <Al>. do. But <laughs> I yeah. was a
1: chef, though. You were the chef in, in, in Cambridge.
0: Yeah, but that was in comparison to how bad everyone else was, man. doesn't <laughs> 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 <That's, that's laughs> mean I was good.
1: <laughs>
3: low bar, low bar.
0: <laughs> it's just the fact that I knew how to season food. I think that was literally <laughs> yeah, it. Like that That's was it. More.
3: That's, like, the number one thing. Pizza, yeah. Your
0: food <laughs> I, d- I also realise now, looking back at, at uni, I think I only cooked three things just on repeat, like really yeah. well. So <laughs> it, was, I... it
1: was chicken, plantain and uh, what else did you do? Macaroni
0: cheese, so, man. Macaroni cheese was good. <laughs> 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 I love that, like, what, ten, nearly 10 years later, you still remember the only three things that Bro, I would mean, feed you.
3: Must have been good, if,
1: good it if you remember that. Do you know
3: exactly? Oh, it was, it was God. The
1: highlights
0: oh man so Alexina you know, firstly congratulations Thank on you. making it to the final of MasterChef I think that is testament to obviously your skills in the kitchen um maybe we could start by I guess talking about that love of food that you have and kind of yeah. where where that came from
3: yeah so I mean I feel like it was inevitable that I was going to be become a foodie because my entire family is, is sort of obsessed with food in one way or another um obviously I'm I'm mixed so I kind of had quite a few ins- like inspirations even growing up because my grandparents on my mum's side were British and, very, um, and they, they were chicken farmers. So my grandmother was a very, very classic, like British cook, I really remember going on the farm and like picking blackberries and then we'd come and make like an apple and blackberry pie or whatever. Um, and so there was very much that side of my family. And then my mum sort of, when she left home after having had chicken every night, for dinner for like years and years was just like I am so over this I don't want to eat any more meat I'm just going to go veggie she went veggie for like 90 years um until she had meat and then she sort of incorporated meat back into her diet just from a nutritional perspective when she was you know for her children um but she you know when I was younger I didn't even know that a lasagna typically had beef in it because I'd only grown up on vegetable lasagna that sort of thing um (laughs) Mm. and then on my dad's side uh my dad's, you know, fact side family is Caribbean from Saint Lucia, so classic Caribbean household You go over the like the table's barely big enough to contain the food. It's groaning because so it's about to collapse. Um, and <laughs> my grandparents on that side ran a business, a taxi business, and when they moved to London. But my grandmother actually was always massively into food, and uh, later on in life, she trained to be a chef. So. Um, you know, all of that. And then my brother's a brilliant baker, um, cook as well, but like fantastic at baking. And my dad's really loves his food. My dad's wife loves her food. I mean, it was just kind of inevitable that this would yeah. come to be. Um, <laughs> but then there were kind of a number of points in my life where it then went up a gear, like my obsession with food kind of went up a gear.
0: Yeah, it's funny like how many people I've talked to who at least consider themselves foodies start with home and start with the things that you're introduced to really early on in life. But when for me anyway, that love of food um, is so hard to translate some of the flavors that you're used to at home into like fine dining or chef uh, cuisine what was that like I guess for you in, on so, the show or what's that been like it was in actually your funny
3: because I had a dm from this girl just the other day and she was saying oh i have halfway through my master chef application should I you know and I was like do it like send it in and she was like but I don't cook food like you like I'm not your level and I was like she's like I don't I'm a home cook I was like so am I (laughs) I've (laughs) never cooked food like this ever in my life you know I'm very much I think food is bringing people together I don't think it should be intimidating and so Mm. I love cooking for my friends but it's very much a family style vibes you know like stuff down the middle of the table it can still look beautiful it can still taste great but it's about people being comfortable I don't do individual plates of food and I think like this is the last I'm going to be you won't see me do that again Um, but obviously for the competition you kind of are forced to Mm. having said that I I still felt like my stuff was a lot less technical than like the boys for example the boys all day like Tom and Mike all day every day would be talking about reverse searing and stuff like that and I'm like this just goes completely over my head like (laughs) I I Mm. haven't got the patience to even learn what what that is (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it's um it was definitely something you just had to do and the competition pushes you to obviously develop yeah. your skills and pushes you to recipe develop which you you know as a home cook otherwise i've never done before obviously i cook on the fly or i follow a recipe book right but i never actually have to come up with my own creations before mm. but the, the competition means that you have to try that but yeah it's not how i cook every day that's for sure
0: yeah because you know i'm the sort of cook that when i do cook there's leftovers for about four more meals of <laughs> the exact same thing and then it's like breakfast lunch dinner for a whole nother day it's like the same bowl of food
3: right and cooking and when, for one is hard, you know, like <laughs> that's the yeah. whole challenge there. But
0: yeah. I was, was going to say, actually, when um when kind of preparing for, I guess, the meals or the creations that you had, at least in your time on the show, was there a lot of practice at home or did like a lot of people get fed the dish that was then going to be uh, the dish that was the finalist dish?
3: Well, of course, we were doing this in the middle of lockdown. I actually hated the process of Preparing this for this because I had so much food um, and not enough people to give it to. Like, if we'd been mm. in a normal circumstances, I would have had friends over constantly just testing stuff, but that wasn't an option. So, I would mm. give stuff to people like to take away. They'd come and pick it up from my house, you know, I'd give it to them. But um, I had far too much food, like far, far too much for one person to eat. And after a while, you know, you, you make the same dish like three, four, five times. By the end of it, you're like, I'm so over this whole process but again you just have to do it in the moment you just said you know you just buckle in and get on with it but yeah it wasn't my favorite i'm not gonna lie
0: <laughs> yeah i can imagine that being like it's a bit long having to make such fancy food but then like you don't want to eat it over and over again
3: Oh my gosh. And it's not, again, it's not how I cook daily. So, like, you've got all, you're, you're trying to make the most delicious version of something possible. So, obviously, that involves salt, butter, like, to, to extreme levels. And again, I like mm. to actually like to eat quite healthy most of the time. So, I was very over like the copious amounts of butter and stuff. But it's a bit like even when you go to Cambridge, because I studied, read English there. And I love reading. But, you know, when you have to write, when you have to read several books a week, it kind of kills it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll
0: the enjoyment. Yeah. So, listen. Yeah. yeah. Um. Sorry, let you come in there, Patrick. I think. No, no. I
2: was. I was just agreeing. I think since Cambridge, I. I don't think I've really read, like half as many books as I read the whole time that I was there. So, I. Yeah, I can definitely relate.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I think I used to read six books a week at one point, just for theology. And, firstly, I don't remember what those books were about. And secondly, I ain't read anywhere near. I don't even think I've read six books in the last few years. <laughs> so I totally, um. But I wanted, I wanted to talk a bit about um your journey on on the show, I suppose. And one of the things that you mentioned was obviously there are bits that are tiring and really hard. But what were the bits that were probably the opposite and like quite fun and gave you energy in life?
3: Um, it's really awkward because my video has like paused on me rolling my eyes, which is a great look. Anyway, so it's very distracting. (laughs) Anyway, um, the bits that were good about the competition, well, I mean, it was fun. It was so much fun. And especially in the middle of a year where it felt a bit like Groundhog Day a lot of the time. Mm.
0: Mm.
3: It was nice to, to shake it up and feel that adrenaline. I absolutely loved cooking in that kitchen. It was just incredible um and also the people you met because everyone else is foodies and they love food as much as you and they're going through this process with you so when I was actually the actual process of filming it I absolutely loved it was just but it was the way it took over your life and it was the stuff outside that was like got quite quite challenging over time but yeah it was an incredible experience I I it's obviously unlike anything I've ever done before but you always learn and grow from pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and that was massively pushing myself out of my comfort zone
2: mm-hmm. how is it you know cooking in that environment where you have like all these people in your immediate surroundings because like I'm not a chef by any stretch of the imagination I can cook fairly well but one thing that really throws me off is when I have people just like near me as I'm cooking you know like people that generally like need a, a, the entire kitchen to themselves to just kind of have that headspace. What was it like for you having like all that scrutiny like constantly around you and then like hearing other people like chopping and everything else like.
3: Yeah, so I would have said the same as you Patrick because I I just like being in my own kitchen and even when I'm doing dinner parties I like everyone else to be chatting and drinking but not yeah. paying attention, you know, when people start going can I help you? I'm like, "No, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. I got it." Just ignore yeah. me. I almost it's like I don't like being center of attention and that in that sense at all so i kind of thought i was going to feel that way in the kitchen mm. but actually what's sort of weird is that a i've always I'm, I'm actually quite a competitive person and i think some when it's like when the situation requires it i kind mm. of just get my game face on and i'm like right i'm in the zone i need to just get in the zone and do this yeah and yeah. what was also amazing is that you it you're obviously there and initially you're waiting for like the the cook to start and you're like oh my god john and greg are there and There's all these cameras, but as soon as you actually start cooking, you just get into the zone because I'm like, I know what I'm doing. I'm cooking. I've done this a million times, and I'm just gonna. You just get into the food and you forget everything. Well, at least for me, I forgot everything that was going around me. But also over time, over the series, you become friends with the crew, and so Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, yeah, this guy's kind of like in your face with the camera, but you're also just kind of chatting to him as you're cooking. The other thing that's really funny is that you obviously I've watched MasterChef for years and you watch it and there's um there's all this they make the edit makes it dramatic right the, the music <laughs> makes it dramatic but in real life John and Greg go let's cook and then it's silence <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, all just yeah. you're all just cooking but it's total silence and you're quite far apart anyways it's not like you can really hear what's going on in someone else's bench so you're just yeah. in the zone doing your thing yeah. um so actually I enjoyed that way more than I thought I would. And I think that a big thing that distinguishes how, how far you get in the competition, mm. as well as just like strategy, et cetera, is, is your ability to handle that situation because there are some people that fall apart in that yeah. moment and they're excellent cooks, like they're brilliant. You know, mm. I know like Carrie, who was in my quarterfinal. she's a phenomenal chef, right? But yeah. I think the pressure just got to her a bit yeah, and, yeah. That's, that can be the difference. So,
2: mm, mm. yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's funny. I, I always just, like, y- you forget, actually, yeah, that sort of background music is not playing at all. Like, I don't know. I just thought maybe they, like, played it for you guys as well, just to, like, <laughs> attention. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I sure.
3: thought, the <laughs> <laughs> I literally thought the same thing. I was expecting it, and then it wasn't. It was just dead it's sight. Like, it, was oh. like a frick- it was honestly like a library. It's so strange. And then yeah. also, it's, like, watching it back, especially the professional kitchen like um, rounds, mm. they made that so stressful. I'm watching it, I'm like, this is so stressful, I am stressed, but I don't remember feeling that stressed <laughs> yeah. at the moment. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of weird. Editing is very powerful.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely. I was just thinking about what it's, what was it like being on, on TV? Cause you know, you cook at home and you love it, but then when there's cameras rolling and camera crews running around, like did that, change cooking for you or was it was was it like fun
3: it hasn't changed for me it it was more fun so I'm quite a private person um and I'm a weird mix of like well I guess I'm ambivert like I have a really extroverted side but a very much an introvert side where I just go I like to hibernate I think Tommy was saying sometimes I just like to have those weeks or even months where I'm like I don't really want to talk to people I just want to do my thing I'm going to hibernate Mm. Um, And then I sort of reappear and I'm like, yeah, let's go. And then I go back into that. So Mm. I wasn't sure. To be honest, I think I didn't really think about the reality of going on TV when I applied. I always knew I was going to apply. It was always in my head for years and years and years. I'd watch the show. But I think I was just thinking about it purely from the perspective of I need to go on and cook there and like prove myself in that regard. And I didn't Mm. really think about the TV or the fact that people would start to recognize me on the street and some yeah. weird shit like that that's been going on. Um, so, Which is probably just as why well I didn't think about it because I think if I'd thought about it, I probably would have scared myself and gone, actually, I'm not gonna do it. Um, but I enjoyed it much. Again, you don't know these things until you actually try something because mm. I actually enjoyed the TV part of it like a lot and I didn't expect to, <laughs> but even to the point where now I, I wouldn't rule out doing some sort of TV show related to food this which is mad to me because I would have said prior to this situation I would have just said absolutely not not for me that's
2: that's really cool that's really cool did you kind of feel like you needed like to I don't know get some like media training or just like like any kind of like consultancy about like how to present yourself like on tv so like you're likable to British audiences and stuff like that was that ever like on the cards
3: no no you get absolutely nothing honestly like you get no preparation nothing for it um (laughs) and so I guess in hindsight yes that probably would have been quite nice um even (laughs) with the press we've done you know I was on like this morning live the other day got absolutely no guidance ahead of that but you kind of just have to go I don't know I feel like I as I get older and particularly recently I just get to a point where I just care less and less about what other people think so I wasn't Mm. that worried like I was just like well I'm going to come across how I come across people are going to like me or they're not going to like me I can't be bothered I haven't got the energy to waste on like worrying about that so let me just go and do me and I and, and it really was about the food for me that was really what I was like what I was passionate about. And, and I guess I was just pursuing this huge passion. So really that was the main driving thing. And all the other stuff, the TV, what people are gonna think was just, didn't really actually factor in when I was e- like doing it. If yeah, sense.
2: yeah. That's that's yeah. really liberating though, that you just
1: like, I'm just gonna be myself.
3: Taking a long time
2: to and get Yeah, that. take yeah. it or leave it. So it's something. true, isn't
1: yeah. it? Gets, so you, you have to get to a stage in life, you kind of evolve into that stage. I think I'm slowly getting towards there, which is good. I think it is. there's an age element to it. Um. Alexine, I wanted to ask a question about um, kind of like looking at your career trajectory, as you mentioned earlier, you kind of went down a kind of business route. You you studied English, went down kind of like a business route, always had and maintained the passion for food. Um, I was wondering, kind of growing up, did you ever see pursuing food um, professionally as a a viable option? Was that something that kind of came over time and was there... um, you kind of describe it kind of like a a, a leap that you've made recently way for okay this is something I can really like double down on what was kind of like the thinking around um you know not going down the food route professionally initially and and, and you know
3: that navigating is... that whole journey yeah actually no one's ever asked me that question and when you now that you asked me that question i realized it never even i never even considered it i don't think mm-hmm. um i especially when I was younger, I I kind of, and this is gonna sound cocky, it's not at all, (laughs) but (laughs) I was one of those, when I was at school, I was kind of good at all the subjects, if that makes sense. And so actually for the longest time, it's taken me quite a long time to realize what I'm supposed to be doing, Mm. like me specifically, Mm. because, and it's not, I always felt like I was a jack of all trades, master of none, like I, and I hated it actually when I was younger because I never knew what direction to go in. I felt like you know some people were just really excellent at this one thing, and they could Mm. then just pursue it. Mm. Whereas I didn't feel like that, and I think even I've always been interested in food. Do I always think I've been the best cook? No, it's taken. Mm. I've practiced a lot, you know. Mm. But it's not. And when I say practice, it's not just like oh, I've been in my kitchen practicing, and I have been doing that. But it's also like I've been reading cookbooks for years. I've been watching MasterChef. You even learn by watching, watching MasterChef professionals and stuff. I've been Thinking about food, I've been out to restaurants. You know, I've kind of been surrounded by that. But I, ten years ago, there's no way I would have, or five years ago, there's no way I would have gotten this far, Master Chef. I don't think so. It's Mm. been um, something that I've worked to be to be Mm. good at. That obviously work has been natural because it's been driven by a passion it's not like yeah. i was like oh I'm, i have this ambition to get to this point it's just something mm-hmm. that i naturally did but yeah. it never occurred to me when i was younger i think that i was still very early in my food journey journey when i mm. came went to cambridge for example even though i had as i said i'd grown up from a foodie family and food was a thing it wasn't until i worked in a fishmongers during my a levels and then my first like gap year that mm. i really started to go oh i want to be good at this so i want to learn more and Mm. that's also when i first started to be introduced to like fine dining and that sort of i I, that sort of i don't know world Mm. and um when i went to cambridge i was still very much just learning how to cook to be honest like really so yeah it didn't occur to me after and oh the other thing is that actually financial stability was really important to me Mm. um I had, I, I, you know, I, I've had a very lucky upbringing in many ways, but actually, you know, money wasn't always, um, money was tight when I was younger. I was, I'm very lucky to have a mum who's incredibly good at managing money. Mm-hmm. So it meant we always had a roof over our heads and, you know, food on the table, but we had help. You know, there were times where we really needed financial help and I was therefore also very focused on waking, wanting to make sure not just just that I had financial stability but I didn't want to be a financial burden on my mum so that also drove a lot of me going into the city initially um, and going down that route so
1: Mm. yeah no that's really interesting because like I I think I talk to a lot of people just with my work because I I work with people that um, different backgrounds tend to be quite young but they want to create startups and businesses and whether that's tech or non-tech and usually they come from like completely different backgrounds and they see it as this huge like leap like have a lot kind of like if they're working in the corporate world they see such a huge distinction between that and their passions and whether to monetize their passions or whether to like pursue their passions professionally or like there's always there's always like a weird conversation between balancing those things so it's interesting to hear like um your experience with that as well
0: yeah I wanted to come in because one of the things and I'm going to say it before Ruben starts crying again one of the things that um I always say is that if I could go back and sort of do things again I would learn how to cook really well and I always think of that as like when I guess when I was choosing what to do with my life, but your, you know, what you've just said has really struck out to me, because like I already did something else, and I came back to this thing that I loved doing and honed my craft and got better at it. Um, what would you say to people who might be listening and thinking? I would love to actually go down and throw my hand and try out being a chef or try out getting into food, but maybe I don't have the money or I've already done something else. Like what would you say some of the routes for them or some of the things that you'd offer them as advice?
3: That's a good question. Um, I would say that what stopped me like going and becoming chef is not having the money to go and do like the diploma at least or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. So I guess one of the reasons I even went down this route of Master Chef was because it was a way in without me having to fork up a load of cash. <laughs> um, I think, but what I will say is that you can create your own opportunities, and you there is nothing really stopping anyone. The, the The kitchen world or the chef world is very much one where if you're passionate and you go and you you approach someone and say, "Can I, can I work for you? Can I do some time with you?" you often can just get in um, mm-hmm. and, and get that experience. But I, this, is, this, is, this is when it then becomes a bit of like a class thing or financial thing, because actually a lot of the creative industries are very much the preserve of the, of the wealthy, because mm. there's a lot of unpaid work that happens, but mm-hmm. you have to be in a position to be able to work for free. Like it's kind oh, of, yeah. or you need to be in a position to have the money to go and pay for that course. I couldn't mm-hmm. have done that when I was younger. There's no way, which is why also partly why it's happening for me at the age of 30 and not 21, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that that's <laughs> that's just an unfortunate way that the world currently works, you know? But what I would say is um, anyone who's really passionate, if they ever wanted to reach out to me, I've now obviously started to build connections in the food world. I'm sure I could probably help them out. Um, But I had to make the decision to spend the first 10 years of my working life working to get myself the financial stability that then has enabled me to do it. Um, It's unfortunate also in the UK, I think in like France, for example, they have more like, if you want to become a chef, there's more like actual free training available to you. Having said that, there are still scholarships that you can get and anyone who's interested should 100% look into those. Um, You know, if you want to go to pastry school or whatever, Um, So there are options. Um, In fact, I'm currently doing actually a stage or some work experience at Yale Bakery in North London, um, because I wanted to learn more about baking and food. But again, I'm in a position to be able to not get paid to do that. But the woman who runs it, she got a scholarship to go to pastry school and that sort of set her off on that path. So, you know, you don't have to come for money. It helps (laughs) if you have money. But I think if you're passionate and you're committed, there's always a way in there is always a way in you just gotta like and and a lot of it is just meeting people
1: cool. cool yeah I feel like there's um one thing that I really find like we kind of put cooks like really great cooks um some on a, on a pedestal rightfully so of course because you've honed your skills and you've learned all these different techniques and ways to um, marry different ingredients and make it really taste great but um a lot of I think it's kind of undervalued as a skill set, just for like the average person, just for, like having a family or like just for your your own kind of day to day existence. And um, do you feel like that is something that can be t- that needs to be more of like a fundamental part of like school or like just education system or generally? Like, how do you feel about learning um, to learn, how to cook? Yeah,
3: I think look, I, my mom was very into nutrition especially when I was younger and I think from that perspective yes I think we all need to it's important to teach kids how to feed themselves well because that has I think such a knock-on impact to all sorts of other things their health Mm. and their life do I think everyone needs to be into cooking no definitely not like you just you need to just go with what speaks to you right it's not There's not this like, oh, I I think now as well, it's become this big thing to be good at cooking and food has become this massive thing. And that's cool. It's great, especially for those of us who love it. But it doesn't, it's not, if that's not your vibe, don't, I don't think it's that important to go to become an amazing chef. But do I think that food should be part of the curriculum from a perspective of nutrition Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. teaching people how to feed themselves well and on a budget and stuff like that? Yeah, 100%
0: yeah something i'd never really thought about actually that's why i was just going "Hmm," when you aren't even asked that question because you know like i remember i had a job once i used to travel the uk talking in schools and you'd go to schools mostly in like low income areas where food tech was actually quite an important course Mm -hmm. but then you'd go anywhere else and you wouldn't really see food tech or even like a kitchen for kids to go and practice or learn or do any sort of extracurricular stuff in at all and yeah it's just it's quite interesting at what age and for whom is cooking seen as essential and stuff and I wanted to talk talk to you a bit about um the chef world and at least from my perspective seeing that as quite a male-dominated space and often you don't it's funny because you know you hear of like women being in the kitchen and there was that tweet was it by burger king recently that went <laughs> <Yeah>. viral, <laughs> burger king were trying to make a point and it just didn't really work and i think their tweet was uh we need there needs to be women in the kitchen or we need more women in the kitchen or something okay. and everyone was like <laughs> what uh, but point, i think they were trying to go viral and make the point that the like top chef industries are male dominated yeah. um and you know, it, you think I think it was like, a woman's place is in the kitchen. That was that's that the one. Oh, the
1: execution was just poor. just
0: totally off, man, totally off. But when even when you think about you know like competition like Master Chef, yeah, there have been women as winners in history, and like probably more famous in Thomasina Myers and stuff. But why? Do, well, firstly, do you think that it is a male dominated sort of space and world? And if so, why and yeah just be interesting to unpack that a little bit
3: oh yeah that's a big question i mean it's always this very interesting i don't know like parallel here where you've got this idea that a woman's place is in the kitchen domestically at home but then when you get into the professional sphere of cooking it's suddenly it's all about the men um having been in a few professional kitchens now they're they are tough places um and i think they have become better but they were very tough they're very physical you know i'm at the bakery now i can't carry the 25 kg bags of flour so I have to get like the guy to help me out with it um I think that yeah it's I think kitchens have just been well I mean I guess it's just a sort of practicality side of things the kitchens the hours you have to do are incredibly unsociable (laughs) it's incredibly aggressive it's incredibly physical and those aren't necessarily compatible with women who maybe want to children for example like i don't know that many women feel, and even the female chefs who've done really well and have become really big not that many of them have families um so it feels like to some extent that world isn't very compatible with family life um i think that with most things i mean i'm used to being in kind of male-dominated worlds because obviously i was on a trading floor as well for a period of time um Gosh, yeah. this is a big topic I could go I was, on I was going to ask. I
2: was I was gonna <laughs> ask if um your experience on the trading floor, like how did it compare with kitchens, you know? Like did that prepare you? Do you think that kind of I
3: think so what okay, so what's similar about relatively well, relatively similar about a trading floor and a kitchens, I do think they're kind of meritocratic places as these things go. But obviously there is still a lot of unconscious bias that goes on right. and I certainly know that like when I was working on a trading floor like I think it's hard to be a woman on a trading floor not because there's like in the past you know guys used to throw like war like cups of water at women's shirts so they go see through and shit like none of that shit happens obviously <laughs> not but there yeah. is but 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 people don't like if you're a woman and you're confident or you or at least you come across confidently that's generally not A very liked thing. Oh wow! Okay. And it means that, and also as a woman, I mean, I guess uh, this is a really good example of some of something that really struck me when I was working. So I'd been at Goldman for four years, three and a half, four years. Okay, I'd worked really hard, like through analysts, done the shit, like gotten to associate level. I was covering my own clients, etc. And I. One day, the a vice president on my desk, okay, and there was this new analyst, this guy who'd been here maybe, maybe he'd been there a year, right? And the VP, who's the guy on my desk, turns around and says, oh, Alexina, because when you're an analyst, you have to do all this shit, right? You have to do like morning newsletters and crap. Alexina, could you uh, cover Victor for his, uh, you know, for his morning stuff? Because I'm going to take him out to breakfast with my clients. And I was like, you've literally taken me out with your clients about twice in about four years. Mm. I've done that shit for like two and a bit years. Mm. And you're asking me now to cover the, I was just like, I'm not doing it. Mm. I'm not doing it. And it's that kind of thing. It's it's that idea also that women get associated with like admin. Like I used to, and I was always like trying to help all my team out so I would always pick stuff up for people, but then it's that it's that you become this default. Is like, well, Alexina's the woman; she will do all the admin shit, and yeah. the guys get to have all like the fun, glamorous side of things. So
2: yeah.
3: that is something that it's in the it's in a trading environment, it's also in a professional environment, um, and it's very hard to break through it because it's not as tangible as someone you know throwing a cup of water at your shirt to make it go see-through it's not that tangible it's the same with like race right (laughs) it's now so much harder to almost fight because it's these subtle things but they actually add up to make this huge 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 construct in society that keeps certain groups down and stops others um and keeps others up you know Mm. so Mm. yeah (laughs) it's a whole yeah. It's a whole challenge. You go. You have to. Something you just have to contend with throughout. Probably we'll probably have to contend with throughout our whole lives. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. And
2: in terms of um, you, so you earlier on you spoke about how um you know when you go on a show like MasterChef, um you kind of have to like sort of create something new each time. You know, it's um it requires a lot of creativity um so i was wondering like what are your your inspirations because you spoke a lot about obviously your mixed heritage um but also like um your experience in having you know read around a lot um read a lot of um um yeah cooking authors and um like watching lots of stuff on youtube and stuff like that so where do you like where do you draw inspiration from mostly when, when it comes to like creating a new dish
3: Um, so I just, there's not one specific place. Mm. I have this massive bucket of stuff Mm. (laughs) that I draw inspiration from. And, um, actually I think it was one of my strengths in the competition that I Mm. had this very, very diverse set of inspirations. And I've spoken a bit about it on my Instagram because I think it's important to break down the process behind a dish and also to give credit to other creators and creatives and writers and chefs, because we don't, we're not in a vacuum. Everyone on the show, that everyone on the show used other people's like recipes for a component of their dish or whatever. And mm. it's very important to say that. You've been putting together components, some of them are completely made up, some of them are not. Mm. And then you're creating a dish. But my inspirations ranged very widely um, so obviously there's my family, yeah, there's my heritage. There's people I've met along the way. My time at the fishmongers was really formative for me and Miss P, who ran that was an incredible chef and she well cook and she introduced me to a lot of a lot of stuff and cuisines. I have friends from different cultures who have taught me somewhat about their their cuisine. Um, I have eaten very broadly. I've traveled a lot. I have this crazy memory for food. So mm. I can just like remember something I had 10 years ago and be like, I just remember wow. that taste or that flavor, how it looked. Yeah. So there was a lot of cases where I cooked things that I had been cooked about eight years ago, but I just remembered mm. them. Mm. And I was like, I'm gonna do that. Like the red mullet out in everyone went mad for. was something that was cooked for me eight years ago. And oh, okay. I've just never forgotten it. So yeah. then what obviously I pulled together other parts of the dish mm but it was that was fundamentally it was from that memory of that um i knew when i went on the show i wanted to represent different cuisines even though i i also felt that would probably not help me get to the final, because if Mm. you look at all the past winners they all have sort of gone down one route of like i do this type of cuisine and i always knew it was going to be a risk for me to range but it's also a reflection of me like i'm not I don't, I'm not just about one thing. I, I love food, whatever that is. I just yeah. like tasting good stuff and it comes from all over the world and mm. I'm also mixed. So I really wanted to show that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the, the answer is just like a huge bucket of yeah, all yeah. sorts of random stuff and I just pull stuff out, you know? But yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah um, I was going to say it's, it's with, I guess, sort of... Um, fine dining and um the sort of meals that are prepared on on chose that master chef um there's like a kind of additional like dimension when it comes to eating right because like most of the time when i'd say like the average person when they when they eat they want the thing that they eat to taste good um but also like they want to be kind of like filled as well like they want to like be satiated like i've had enough food but it's like um with shows like master chef the, the the kind of the artistry of kind of like taste is like amplified you know like um there's all these sort of like different things that you've got to consider like texture and combinations and um and and aromas as well so um do you think that's like something that's always been a part of your cooking like you've always been like really keenly aware of this i know you said you know you've spent a lot of um like the last 10 years kind of honing your skills but like when you sit down to eat a meal, are you are you as like sort of keenly aware of all these elements like on a day-to-day basis, like when you're just having like,
3: you know? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that I analyze what I eat like mm. day-to-day. Mm. I am fascinated by flavor though, and mm. all the dimensions of it. And I think that ultimately, the thing that takes food from being nice to great is dimension and Mm. that dimension can be achieved through various things you spoke about texture it's also flavors balancing like sweet and salty and Mm. sour and stuff in and I remember coming up like very early on when I discovered more about Thai cuisine for example and Mm. it's all about balancing hot Sour, salty, and spicy—I think it's or mm. whatever the four are. I remember thinking, "Oh, well, surely that actually applies to all food, not just Thai cuisine." Like, if you can balance those flavors, that's where you get the most excitement mm. from your food. But I think what's also interesting about the MasterChef competition is the competition itself, by by virtue of how it operates, kind of takes certain dimension options away from you. Okay. So, for example. I'm a big believer in slow food, like yeah. you, time can help you get amazing flavor out of mm. things. Fermentation is an example of that, slow cooking a piece of meat is an example of that.
1: Mm.
3: You know, when you make bread, if you can have a slow fermentation, you get a lot more flavor. You don't have that option in, mm. in MasterChef. You don't have the option of time. You also don't really have the option of temperature because the judges actually eat the food cold and they're not allowed, oh. yeah, they're not allowed to comment on the temperature like they're not allowed to let that affect their judgment but Mm. in reality you're not they are everything they're eating is kind of cold is
2: that that because of like production like they just like need time to like get all the shots or is it just like the rule is like it has to be cold so they don't like potentially burn themselves or something like that
3: no no it's not yeah it's not a rule it's just because they don't stagger only in a few rounds do they Mm. stagger the cooks so you're all cooking together yeah and by the time they've gone through and you know obviously it looks like you cook and then immediately you're bringing it up to them and they're eating it but in reality you cook you go away they take shots of the food etc etc you come back in and then they taste it and you're going one by one so obviously by the time I don't know whether the first one's maybe still a bit warm but by the time it gets to the end like they're obviously it's stone cold so that was kind of interesting for me because I was like okay well if I'm and also memory memory memories are a great dimension giving thing to food so if Mm -hmm. you have something that sparks a memory for you of something you had as a child or that's incredibly powerful but again you can't tap into John and Greg's memories because you don't know them so Mm -hmm. on that basis I think um I that was kind of one of the reasons like they kept saying throughout the competition you use really strong bold bitter flavors right
2: Mm.
3: one of the reasons I used that was because I was like I can't use time I cannot use memories I cannot use temperature so I have to Go in with the strong flavors because yeah. that's the thing that's gonna make them stand up and take notice. Sure, you
2: know, sure. I love that. I love this. This like the strategy behind it. It's, it's, it's so technical because I've just been watching like the F one qualifying, and it's like it's that level of like you know analysis and like you know this is how we're gonna play this this game. I love it. I love yeah.
3: it. Yeah. I think I think strategy is really important in this, and yeah. it's you know I think when I look at who got to find like Tom was very strategic about it and mm. you kind of need to. And it's not that I, it's not that I was like, right, I'm gonna come up with my master chef strategy. It was not being that about it, but I've just watched it for so many years. I've seen all the pitfalls. I see it's like, don't go and do a chocolate fondant. There's a reason it doesn't work. It's cause you don't, you don't know the oven. Yeah, and so, yeah. and it's such a finely timed thing that you literally have 30, 90 seconds of like room for error you can't do that in a kit in an oven, you don't know, it just doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, like yeah. that sort of thing. Um, mm. but yeah, I'm fa- I am fascinated by flavour and like some of my favourite cookbooks very much sort of break down what good food is. So mm. like mm. salmon, nozrat, salt fat a- salt, fat, acid heat and Nikki Segnitz, the flavor thesaurus, which talks about flavour combinations. I find that fascinating. Yeah.
2: Cool, cool. And I just had like one more follow-up question and um and then yeah, I'll stop talking. Um uh, What would you say is, like... So, anybody that wants to, like, up their cooking game... Like, what would you say is, like... Like, one of the basics that people often overlook... But actually, that will, like, raise your... Your dishes by, like, a couple of notches. Because I, I heard another cook talking about this recently... And one thing he said was... A lot of... Like, people focus on, like... Like, marinating and, like, flavours and stuff like that... But people often disregard... um Heat control. So... I thought that was really interesting, but yeah, it'd be really cool to hear what you, you think.
3: I'm not a master of heat control. I'm just gonna put okay. it out there. <laughs> That's not like actually my strength, because I don't, I cook, I actually eat a lot of vegetarian and fish sure. um, food, and I don't really pan fry things on unit, you know, which is why it wasn't, sometimes it went a bit wrong on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but heat control I think is very true, but I, I think it's something you just gradually learn by doing. Mm. Um, for me the most important thing okay when it comes to food is enjoy yourself and cook what you want to eat like that, <laughs> it's as simple as that but the only reason i've become like good at cooking is because i'm i like eating like yeah, <laughs> so it's yeah. literally what it is and i just want to eat good food so yeah, i like yeah. learn yeah and then the second thing is is seasoning for me it's for me it's seasoning like mm, okay. and salting early like people always season at the end yeah. but you don't want to do that because then you just get the flavor of salt or whatever you've added at the end what you want to do is salt early because then the salt adds the like brings out the flavors of everything else and I guess it looking beyond salt it's about understanding when to season things at the right time because maybe it's not necessarily like spices it might be a bit of a different thing but Mm, mm, mm. for me when I learned like when I was working at Fishmongers, Miss P, she was Jamaican, right? And she mm-hmm. always talked about season hand, mm-hmm. the importance of seasoning. And I think that is the most important thing. Like, yeah, if your yeah. food tastes good, doesn't matter if it's, like, perfectly cooked or technically, like, perfect, etc. But if mm. it tastes good, that's what matters.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cool. My question was, um, and I think we kind of, we, we were going there earlier and I totally forgot, but coming back to the presentation of fine dining, and the dishes themselves. Like some of the stuff genuinely looks like things that you'd see in like the Tate Modern because it's so artistic that you don't even remember that it's actually food and you're meant to eat that. Um, When you were preparing for the show, how did you even go about learning how to present food because for me right I'll cook I'll just put things on a plate and like when I think that I've presented food it's because maybe I've put the vegetables underneath the meat and that's me going yeah (laughs) I'm presenting So then you look at the stuff of a master's like that's actually a piece of art so how did you go about learning?
3: So Uh, I felt like presentation wise I wasn't as strong as some of the other contestants because I didn't actually put a lot of time or effort into practicing the presentation in the way that I think some of my other competitors did um that I do care about how food looks like I am an athlete I like things to look nice but I've always done much more of like stuff down middle of the table beautiful plates that sort of thing and like um you know use of herbs to bring a bit of color that kind of thing um so having to present food like that in some ways came it came naturally in so far as I've always cared a bit about how things look and I am quite I nearly went down the art route at some point you know I I, so I guess I have a somewhat artistic side to me but equally I would say that I didn't spend that much time and it's probably one of the things that I regret because I think I could have done a bit better in that regard Um, but again I'm like again if you care about it fine do it like I've always cared and my mum my mum's someone who literally doesn't really care about how food looks and she's always saying oh gosh you just make things look really nice and I guess I just like to do that but I don't think it's that necessary either if it's not like someone's vibe and I also think again it's about making things accessible if it looks so perfect you don't think it's, it doesn't feel accessible so you don't get that same joy as you might mm. get if someone puts a bubbling pot of lasagna in front of you and what i also say is i've been to many fine dining restaurants where it looks amazing and therefore your expectations are so high of what that is going to deliver and it just doesn't and mm. so for me it will always be about flavor above presentation
0: i hear that and i think i think same but that's more because i don't have any skills in either <laughs> area to be honest but i'm just conscious of your time because you talked about time quite a bit and just starting to come to an end um What's next for you? What can people expect to see next?
3: Um, so it's so funny because even when I was going on the show, I didn't necessarily think my life was going to change off the back of it. I was like, yeah, 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 everyone will be excited about it, and then things will die down, and that's that. And I just thought is this is just something I want to do. Um, i definitely suddenly realised that I, I've always wanted to run my own business. Um, and I suddenly turned thirty. And I was like, do you know what? I'm just gonna just going to do it like there's no more waiting i'm just going to go and do it so i want to run some hospitality businesses in south london because i feel like we're missing good bread for example we need some good bakeries we need Mm. um i want to open some um wine shops that are accessible um because i don't think ones are currently like they're all organized by Area, which means fuck all to most people, mm. unless you're really, really into wine. That is so true, and though. it it's doesn't like, make oh. sense. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this doesn't help most people come yeah. into wine shop because they got like a specific occasion in mind, or they're eating some food and they need something to go with it. So yeah. like, can yeah. we design something that? Yeah,
0: it's so funny because the amount of times I've gone in, they're like, oh, do you want to South African wine or French? And I'm like, it doesn't mean it's difference. Yeah. Like, actually, right.
3: doesn't mean <laughs> anything. So <laughs> yeah. what goes well? What yeah. goes well with fish? What goes I want well restaurant a neighborhood restaurant at some point and i also want to do something for caribbean food so there's a lot of yeah i don't know what i've got a lot of plates spinning at the moment and we'll just see which one's smash to the floor and which ones keep going um but i think there's a lot um potentially that's exciting up ahead Uh, maybe tv even so watch the space i guess wow
0: i love that that sounds amazing man all of those ideas i'm like yeah i want to back that and i think there's also yeah, especially we exactly. need it. Like like, yeah. <laughs> bring it home bring it home well recently the forbes 30 under 30 list came out and there were some amazing people on there yeah. like, so many people that absolutely deserve to be yeah. there and i was looking at it going i'm never gonna be on that list man because i'm gonna be too old to I be there and i think that. there's something about the age <laughs> of being 30 as well you're like i need to need to get these things in order and yeah. do all the things that i want to do Totally, um, yeah. I'm excited about the 30s. I feel good about it. So, oh, I love that.
1: But I Alexina, know, yeah. just ooh, go, ahead I, go oh, ahead. I had dear. a couple of questions as well. I don't <laughs> lie, Patrick. You can go first. Um, but I had a couple selfish yeah, ones.
2: Yeah, I just wanted to ask. Um, you know how we do like top five dead or alive for like musicians, artists? Um, do you have like te- a top okay, top five on, yeah. cuisine like list? Oh or is it just kind of killing me or 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 dish or dish or dish
3: (laughs) probably easier for me or it could
2: just be like okay okay cool uh
3: japanese um this is hmm. number one Mm, they're not going to be in order that's just too much you're okay okay that's 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 Um, tough that's tough There's there's gonna gonna be random (laughs) five okay like i love um like i mean this is not one country but like persian cuisine Um, I have to say like, yeah, um, Italian and Sri Lankan and then it would have to be like Jamaican.
2: Okay. Well, do you know what? It actually froze for me.
3: Well, sorry. So I said, what did I say? I said Japanese, Persian. Yeah.
2: Sri Lankan, yeah, Italian and oh, okay. um Jamaican. Jamaican. Okay, okay, that's a that's Sri Lankan is a bit of a that's a bit of a wild card, but I'm I'm just making a note because I'm like I'm gonna you know try anything that I've not had yet. But um yeah, next on my list to try is Burmese food, which I will be doing.
3: Never tried it. Um,
2: when yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to going to this. I I watched um. Um, Anthony Bordan's um, yeah. series, and he, he went to, to Myanmar. I just saw the food, and I was like, I need to, I need to try a bit of that. that awesome. That's definitely a bit of me. I'll check so, that out. Yeah. Mm, cool, Sri Lankan. I'm making a note. Thanks.
1: Yeah, I've had a bit of Sri Lankan food actually. Um, um yeah, they're big on their, okay. their seafood and stuff. Um, I had a question, yeah, and this is just a funny one because I know, like, I was watching this show recently and um there's this there's a lady right she's working in uh for like a, a rich white family and she's doing like some cooking for them and she makes like meatloaf right and i know that's like an american thing i don't know what like the equivalent is here but like a meatloaf but she uses like crunched up um mm. uh crackers to like f- i don't know texture or whatever and i was and like when the mum came in and saw it, she tried it. She's like, "Oh, this is really nice." And then when they told her what it was, she got that really kind of up about it, like, like in a really pretentious way, like, "Oh, like crackers." Like she's used to like a certain type of, you know, a level of of ingredient, right? And I was wondering, do you have any little kind of kind of cheeky um, like snacks or ingredients and stuff that typically you wouldn't associate with, like, you know? um higher-end cooking or um, quality ingredient but actually really just adds a certain sauce to the that is a good (laughs) question
3: (laughs) I wish you'd asked me this before I'd have had time to think about it um I don't know if this is like I don't think this is necessarily a budget ingredient (laughs) I don't know it's hard to say like I use anchovies and a lot of stuff because it has intense saltiness um I also think Mm. but I also think yeah I do like sometimes I do um like I use cornflakes and um, as a sort of replacement for mm. breadcrumbs around chicken. And I've also used twiglets because okay. I love Marmite to do the same thing. Um, I did not think if there's anything like.
2: These are all pretty cheeky, though. I, I will give you that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> off the top, like that's what I could come up with. I'm sure there's more. But yeah. Uh, nothing's off. Nothing's off limits. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, nothing's yeah, off limits. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I was, I put this thing on my Instagram the other day, which was just about like share people sharing kitchen fails. Mm. And someone put, oh, I, I put lemonade in a curry when I was fifteen to add flavor, and I was like, kind of mad, but I, I like it. I, I like, but I, I'm here for it. You're trying to increase flavor, sweetness <laughs> might be needed. It's cool, it's cool. And then so many people once I posted that up responded to me and said well in filipino cuisine they actually use that quite a lot and they use like coca-cola and fizzy Mm -hmm. drinks because it was better than um keeping sugar um that attracted flies and stuff or some you know and it's like that was so interesting to me Mm -hmm. because this thing that someone had said and was like i did this random thing Mm -hmm. and then actually loads and loads of people came and validated that it's a legit thing like and and then suddenly people were mentioning yeah no nigella Mm -hmm. did like coca-cola ham and I was like, this is just mad. Like, it's totally fine. Like, nothing's yeah. off-limits, you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, No. Yeah, it's funny because it makes me think about even the types of cuisine that you might see on a fine dining menu. Like, I've never gone to a fancy restaurant ever and seen jerk chicken on a menu. Like, just, there are just some things that are not considered... <laughs> fine dine and some
2: ingredients yeah, that just aren't sure. considered mm.
3: and i'm a big i don't know if any of you guys know of or have been to ikoyi which is the it's a mission-starred nigerian restaurant
2: i've heard of it yeah yeah oh,
3: okay and what admittedly of... it's not your like it's not your nigerian you'd get like at home or whatever but mm. it is taking oh, yeah. like you know i had like jollof rice there and mm. it's it's great i personally really really like it and it's Mm. cool that they've managed but it's always that thing of they've managed to do that and they're putting nigerian food on the map and it's actually mission-starred nigerian food but at the same time it's obviously not nigerian food as a lot of people know Mm. it and so is that like how legit is that is that great that they've like managed Mm. to do that for nigerian food or is it actually taking away from what nigerian food really is at its core is it and Mm. and, and then that's a whole interesting question but there's you know, and I I care less and less about the whole mm. mission-starred, like, stuff. I think a lot of it's nonsense. But part of me also thinks, oh, but if someone could come and do that for Caribbean food, like, that would be, mm. or like, one of the islands or all, you know, mm. that would be cool, right? So I don't mm. know.
0: Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, this is actually really interesting, man. It's making me think a lot about at least what I associate as being restaurant food and what I associate as home food and why those mm. things are even different and mm. um, but I'm so conscious of your time I know that you kicked off by saying it's been a real busy busy period for you yeah. and just to wrap up I want to once again say thank you so much for joining us Alexina and if people are listening and want to know more about you where can they find you?
3: Best place to find me is on Instagram at Alexina Anatole um, that's where I'll mostly be putting updates and sharing my inspirations and hopefully also some recipes at some point as well.
0: Amazing. You're doing some pretty good story content at the moment. Yeah, by I checked the way. it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good <laughs> to shout you out. Yeah, thank it's you. Thanks, <laughs> okay, well, just want to say um, to any of our listeners, if you want to get in touch with us, as ever at OTB Podcast UK on Instagram or Twitter, or you can always email us OTB Podcast UK at gmail.com have a great rest of your day your week your month for whatever time it is wherever you're listening to this podcast and do check out alexina's content because she is fantastic doing great stuff in the food world with so much more to come in all the other spaces that she's talked about so thank you for listening